Welcome to New Beginnings. We're in New Beginnings series. And today I want to talk about something that I kind of started to dialogue about um, last week yesterday. <laughs> last week when we were talking about the new birth and getting born again of Holy Spirit. God speaks about the fact that in this gift of Holy Spirit, it calls, God calls that our new man. And it talks about that there's a little bit of a battle between the old man, who we were before, and the new man. And I want to talk about that a little bit today. But I want to start with a scripture that was one, like one of the first, you know, few verses that I learned when I first came to know Jesus. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this verse had a profound impact on me in a very, very emotional way. When I came to know Jesus, I was raised an atheist, and so it was a spectacular transformation, not a small thing. It was huge for me to believe in Jesus and to believe that he was Lord, and that it just blew my mind that he loved me unconditionally and gave his life for me. And so the day that I got saved and made Jesus my Lord, I went uh, home and uh, found a Bible in the attic that my mom had from when she was a little girl because she was an atheist, so she didn't even know that she had a Bible. So, um, uh, so I got that and I opened it. And I know, you know, I used to not ever tell people this because I thought it sounded silly, but I'm going to tell you because now I think it's awesome but Jesus made an appearance to me and I used to feel foolish telling people that but I don't care you can if you think I'm foolish whatever um, Jesus made an appearance the day that I got saved and he took me through God's word and this is a verse that he shared with me that meant the world to me um, because I was raised in a very violent home. I was sexually and physically abused, so every day I wanted to die. So if you want to talk about somebody that needed a new beginning, I needed a new beginning, and Jesus was it for me. And this verse, I always felt like a black sheep, like I was stained because of the things that happened to me. I felt like I was forever, I was forever stained in a way. And so Jesus showed me this verse in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. And it says, therefore, if anyone, what does that say? Anyone, and I want you to pay attention to that, anyone. This is possible for anyone. Anyone can have a new beginning. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, that blew my mind. For the first time ever, I believed and saw that it was possible to have everything that had happened to me washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ that I could be cleansed, that I could not have stain, that I could have a whole brand new start. And we read last week that it talks about the fact that when you receive Jesus as your Lord, that you get born again. And so it's speaking about that in this. It's a new creation you become when God puts his spirit inside of you. 
It's a new creation. You have a new nature. You have Holy Spirit inside of you, which is the nature of God. And so it just like all things, old things, I just got that. I was like, wow, everything that had happened to me in my past didn't, didn't count anymore. It didn't have to have a hold on me. It didn't have to control me. It didn't have to run my life. Old things, I was forgiven. I was washed clean by the blood of the lamb. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. We have a new chance. Now, I want to talk about, you know, it doesn't, you don't walk perfectly after you get saved. Did you ever notice that? We tend to make a lot of mistakes after that. So what the heck is this verse talking about in that? So I want to talk about how do we walk in the newness? Because we receive it. We receive the second chance. We receive the gift of Holy Spirit. We have the opportunity. But then as far as living it out, I want to take a look at that today. Um, and I want to kind of back up. We're gonna, we're, I want to read you some stuff in Romans. Romans is my favorite book of the Bible. Um, in the, be the beginning of Romans scares people off sometimes because it talks about how screwed up people are and it just it sounds like God saying we're hopeless and like nothing we we're so beyond help that's just the first chapter and what it's saying is we can't do it on our own Romans really says we are a mess and you can't do it on our own like we're far gone we're like a lot of times we, we like to relate to life like we can earn salvation or earn God's love. And then the rest of the book talks about the fact that it's grace, that we can't earn it, we don't need to earn it, that it is a gift of God, that Jesus Christ paid the price. So then um, I, want to, I want to read this section in Romans 6, but I want to back up because in you know the, the chapters before that, God says over and over, I'll tell you, I've never seen anything repeated in the Bible as much as this one thing, and that's grace. God says over and over, it's not a works. It's not by what you do. You can't earn it. It's by grace. Jesus did it all. It's by grace. It's by grace. It's by grace. Grace means God did it for you. It's, it's, technically, it means God's unmerited favor, meaning you didn't earn it. But you can think of it as God's for you, even if you are the biggest screw-up in the world and as far away from God, God still uh, is for you. So um, I'm just going to pick a verse in those preceding chapters towards the end. In Romans 5 and verse 19, it says, For as by one man's disobedience, that's Adam, not my husband Adam, but uh, the original Adam. It says, Many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, that is Jesus, many will be made righteous. It calls Jesus us the last Adam. The first Adam screwed it all up. The, the last Adam fixed everything. So it says in, verse, in Romans uh, 6 and verse 1, it says, what should we say then? Because it's all grace. It says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Wow, that sounds like a brilliant idea, doesn't it? It's saying, since you get to sin, you get to sin. You know, I did a teaching once, you can sin all you want to, because that's what Romans says. You can sin all you want to, and guess what? God still loves you, and God's still for you. You, there, you don't need to earn his love, you've got it. It says, well, should we keep going? Because then we'll get more grace, abound, like have more of it. Grace is so cool, 
let's just really screw things up in massive quantities and we'll get more grace. Logical, right? Because a lot of people are afraid. You know, it's funny, like a lot of uh, churches teach, oops, geez, am I looking like Tammy Faye now? <laughs> I got, I'm a crying person. It's not a blessing to how I look. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Okay. <laughs> God made my heart alive. I'm going to talk about that in a little while, too, about how God can make our hearts alive. Anyway, it says, um, you know, the thing is, okay, geez, I lost my train of thought with that. Um, should we continue in sin? So a lot of churches are afraid to teach grace. You know, I've been to churches where they teach it's grace but. I don't, it's not grace if it's grace but. You know, if it's grace but you got to do something, sorry, it's not grace. You know, it even says that. If you earn it, it's not grace anymore. It's not a gift. It's works. It's wages. It's pay. So this says, so this is the question people ask is, how does grace work? Because if you could do whatever you want and, there, and God still loves you, then people will just go crazy. And so that's, it's, I love this because in this verse it talks about that. It says in verse 2, certainly not, but why? It says, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So we're going to see this as it continues, because Romans just keeps talking about this, is this is just mess. Um, sin is not, God doesn't relate to sin in, a, in the way that we think. A lot of times you think the word sin and you think, mm, shame on you, not being good. Shame, 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 shame. Bad little boys and girls. The whole word of God, it says, is for our blessing. Everything that God writes. And I'm going to show you some stuff that indicates this. So that the reason and the purpose of, of doing what God says is for our blessing. It's because God understands us. It's not to be good little boys and girls because God loves us just the same. So it says, sin brings death. That's what we're going to see. Everything that you think of as sin, you know, not that you think of as sin, anything in the Bible that it says is sin leads to us personally having not good fruit in our lives. So it says, why would we go back to something that caused us death? We, you know, it says in verse 3, do you not know as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism unto death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so also, I mean, so we also should, what? Walk in the newness of life. So this is it. We're talking about new beginnings. It says, if, we're, if, if Jesus Christ, and because of what Jesus says, it said that, our sin nature, everything that's happened was crucified with him. Even though we didn't do anything to earn that, it's kind of like the Super Bowl. We're coming up on the Super Bowl, right, next weekend. Hopefully somebody will still show up next Sunday. So, um, no, it's just kidding. That's kidding. We actually had a lot of people here last year on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, you know, it starts at 3, so you can come to church first. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> 
But anyway, speaking of the Super Bowl, you know, if you play on the team that wins the Super Bowl and you sat on the bench and did nothing, guess what? You still get a Super Bowl ring because you're on the team. It's, we are on Jesus' team. Yeah, he, win, he won the game, but we still get the ring. Do you know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> Jesus paid the price, and that's what it's talking about. It's like he died, and when he died and was buried, guess what he took with us? Him. All of our sin nature, all of the things that we fell short got buried. So we don't got to pay for that anymore. We don't got to live in it anymore. That's what it's talking about. So we get a chance to walk in a new life. So, and the new life is life-giving. So there's not really a reason to be stuck in the old. Anyway, and let's continue in verse 5. It says, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing that this, that our old man, which is the flesh, it's our old behavior, it's, our sin nature, the flesh, was crucified with him. That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. And part of this that we're going to look at as we see it is anything that sin nature makes us slaves. You know, our, we have some really funny ways of thinking. You think, what do you think of, you think of freedom, you think of, don't you think of do whatever I want? Don't you think that? Like, woo, you know, whatever I want, freedom, freedom. You know what? It's not freedom. <laughs> you know, you look at the stuff that uh, as far as um, having a crazy out-of-control life brings bondage and chaos and hurt, and we're going to see that too. It's slavery. It's a prison. You know, um, in verse 12, it says, Therefore, don't let sin 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 reign or take over in your rule like rule reign is like as a king be in charge of your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God it says for sin shall not have dominion over you for you're not under what the law but under grace you know it's not about following the rules you are free it says what then shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace see kind of the same question it says no certainly not it's dumb it says do you know <laughs> do you know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey that you are one slaves whom you obey whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. You know, it's interesting, too, like you think about, we see it, there's so many great parallels in things like physical fitness and spiritual fitness. There's a lot of great, for all of you fitness people, I know we'll get a few of those in here. Um, you know, it's interesting. Are you free sitting on a sofa eating bonbons? You know, or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? There's like... You could eat yourself into a prison. There, I mean, it's sad. People actually do that physically. It's, it's heartbreaking. There is actually more freedom in doing things that are good for you, that are difficult and challenging, that stretch you, that discipline you. There's more freedom in it. You know, as 
brutal as it is maybe to get up and go to the gym every day, right? It's not fun trying to make yourself do that. But there's freedom that comes with it, doesn't it? Isn't it exciting after you've been working out for a while and you start seeing your body's able to do more things? It's, it's, your capacity is increased. There's more freedom in it. There's more capabilities, right? Does that, spiritually, it's the same thing. Making choices that are for our long-term good that are difficult and challenging and might take discipline and might take stretching and being uncomfortable bear fruit in our lives. And that's why I do them, not because God's going to love you anymore, because you're, we, we get to choose. And so it's what you feed. It's kind of like that, you know, the thing that they say, the Cherokee proverb is that we have two wolves inside of us. You know, one is evil, one is good. And so which wolf wins is the one you feed. Your old man, new man is very much like that. You have your old man nature, your flesh nature, and you have the new man that's created after Jesus. And you know who wins? The one you feed. So um, anyway, in verse 21 it says, and look at this. I, what fruit did you have then in the things which you're now ashamed? For the end of these things is death. So anything that is sin in the Bible, there's not fruit. It's not good fruit. Fruit is what you produce as a result of what you do. And we want to look for things that bear good, healthy fruit that cause us freedom, it says, and not death. It says in verse 22, but now having been set free from sin and having become the slaves of God, see, you think of slavery as being bad, right? I mean, you know, real slavery is bad. But this is like the Bible speaks about the slavery that, that you're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to God. Like, it's very much like bow, you know, nine inch nails, bow down before the one you serve, or, you know, or you can serve the devil or you can serve the Lord, but you got that's old school for people my age, but you got to serve somebody. You know, the thing is, is we get to choose who we serve. And so the whole thing of it's a disciplined thing, there's freedom in that. Being slaves to God, there's freedom in it, even though, you know, it says you have fruit to holiness and the end life, everlasting life. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if you don't choose, guess what, you, guess what gets chosen by default? Old man, flesh, nature. If you don't do anything, if you're passive and don't make a choice, automatically we will move and gravitate towards our flesh, towards our uh, old man nature. Let's go to Ephesians 4 and verse 17. It says, uh, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, which are people who don't know God. It's, it's uh, in the futility of their mind. And futility is kind of like not ha devoid of truth is what that word means. It says, because the thing is, you can be a Christian. We all see this. You can be a Christian and live a life that's absolutely no different. You can choose that. You get to. And guess what? God still loves you. He's still for you. But we're going to see why, again, more about why it's we want to choose for our own selves, really. It says having, like, it says don't walk, or walk means to live like people that don't know God, 
in the futility of their mind or the having being void of truth in your mind. It says, uh, for in verse 18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness in their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Now I want to kind of break down what this is because the words are really interesting here. It's like having your understanding, what you get is darkened. Think about it. It says God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Being close to God and being in God's word helps you see things. It says God is light. Knowing God will actually help you to see things. I believe that the closer you move towards truth and towards light, the closer you'll move towards God because God is all about truth and light. So if you have a commitment to move towards those things, I think you'll find God because that's where God dwells. So it says, but not knowing God, it says that your understanding is dark and that you don't see. Think about walking around in a room in the dark. It's like going through life like that. Your understanding. And that is being alienated or not connected with the life of God. Because the ignorance, and the ignorance is just a lack of knowledge that is in them of not knowing God because of the blindness of their heart. And that word blindness of their heart actually means callousness of heart where you can't feel. And then it's repeated in another similar word where it says, who being past feeling have given themselves up to lewdness, which is um, out of bounds lust, which means wanting things that are destructive or hurtful for us. So the thing is, and, and um, Unclean is unclean morally and greediness. We know what that is. So it's talking about, this is really interesting because before I knew God, my heart was calloused, you know, and I thought that that's a good thing. It's not a good thing to have our heart calloused, you know, to not feel things because it disconnects us from truth. God gave us our emotions. God gave us our feelings to help us connect. That's a godly thing that God gave us. There was a time that I was so dead emotionally before I came to know God that it's just like, and again, through the abuse. I think when you're children sometimes and you've been through a really violent or abusive, you know, history, sometimes being dead emotionally kind of helps you survive some of that stuff. You know, it did for me, you know, like it helped me stay alive. But it didn't serve me when I was an adult in relationships to not feel if you can't feel, you don't notice when you're hurt. You don't notice when bad things are happening. It deadens you. And, it, you know, I think about it just God gave us our, our nervous system even. Like, and think about the value that it does. I think of, I'm very thankful that, you know, I, used, I never cried as a child. And look at me, I cry all the time now. So, um, you know, I don't regret that at all. I don't. Even if I do look like a mess doing it sometimes. It's it makes me feel alive and engaged. It's great to care. It's great to have your heart alive and care. Um, if you think about it, what if you couldn't feel, I always think of this, this helps me to understand, is what if you didn't have nerves like in your hand and didn't have feeling? I think about, I always have the picture of, you could sit there and what if you had your hand on a hot stove? I didn't realize it was hot because you couldn't feel anything. Guess what would happen? You would wreck your hand. Sure, you didn't feel the pain, but you would destroy your hand in the process. It's helpful to be connected and be alive. 
Uh, it's something that God did for us. So we don't want to be this. So then it says in verse 20, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off. Now that's something you do, and that's one of the reasons, you know, we're doing the Holy Spirit baptism, and it's own your power. Now I know the, the Holy Spirit is given by God, but a lot of times people don't walk out on the power of God because they're waiting for God to do it for them. God gives us free will to choose him or not choose him. So the putting off the old man, guess what? We have to do it. God will not do that for you. A lot of times people are going, God, take away the smoking. And I'm not saying that there isn't faith involved there, but we still have free will. If you really want to smoke, guess what? You could, you know? And so a lot of times people don't walk out on the amazing power that God's given us because they're thinking God's supposed to do it for them. Um, so it says, you put off, that's you taking it off. Concerning the former conduct, the former behavior of, look at that, the old man, the flesh, sin nature, which grows corrupt, it's decaying. Everything that you do that's according to the old man causes decay. It causes destruction in our lives. There's nothing of it that's a blessing. According, I love this, because, man, this makes sense to me, deceitful lusts. Deceitful, lying to ourselves, things we want, and desire that are out of control that cause us to lie to ourselves. That happened. I mean, it's definitely, and it's a process, guys. Part of this walk with God, I mean, it's, you know, I was stuck in a lot of ways for years in my walk with God. So it's not, God still loves us. So it's not shaming. I'm not speaking about shaming. I'm saying it helps to just have the desire to move towards the things of God, to understand that those things are healing, and just say, I want to put on the new man more. Areas, if I've got envy in my life, it's hurt, hurting me. You know, if, I, if there are places that I have deception or self-deception, it's hurting me. You know, that I want to, I don't want to be satisfied with staying stuck, living in old man nature. I, just getting to the place that you believe that, that you believe that moving towards God and the things of God are healing. And we'll look at some, and we'll see the difference. It says, put off the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts. And verse 23, and you know what? Lust, lust comes from not trusting God, that God's going to provide. Lust is having desires where you just don't trust that God's going to be there for you, where you've got to go, mine, mine, all mine. You know, whatever the lust might be, whether it is money, whether it's sexual stuff, whether, you know, of just going, oh, God's not going to take care of me. I've got to look out for number one. You know? In verse 23, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You, it talks about that we are transformed like a butterfly, like by the renewing of our minds, that it's putting on God's word in our minds, walking according to the spirit. The choices we make is in our thinking and changing the way that we think. It starts with having a desire to walk with God. It says that you put on the new man. I told you that. Like we live according to the nature. When God, when you get born again and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, God puts Holy Spirit. You have the nature of God. You get to live according to who God is. Like you have God's nature inside of you. But we want to put on. See, we put it on. That means you do it. Put on the new man, which is created according to God in righteousness, in true holiness. 
Um, then, and then we'll, you know what, the, here's a great little section that you see the difference between God's way and, you know, our, our way or the world's way or the fleshly way. In verse 25 it says, Therefore put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Man, I was the biggest liar ever, and I'm telling you, I thought I needed to. I didn't even think of myself as being a liar. But I just, there were times, you know, oop, late for work or whatever. Oops, I got a lie. Oops, got, you know, some stupid excuse. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just sort of where I felt like there was a need to lie about things. Um, lying does not, do you see how lying, it's a choice, right? You know, we have lying or speaking truth. You know, we want, there's healing in speaking truth, even if it's hard sometimes. You know, even if it's challenging or difficult, there's healing, there's freedom. It's trusting God to speak the truth in love instead of speaking lies. That's where lying is old man flesh nature. Speaking the truth is healing and light. It's, again, God loves you whether you lie all the time or not. God loved me when I was lying all the time. He still answered my prayers. He did. He'll answer your prayers. He loves you. You you know, it's just, you know, it's just sort of like... But it's an area that I was in bondage and a slave in my life. Because look at the, have you ever noticed the bondage lying puts you in? You don't get to even be your real self. How is that freedom and a blessing, you know? Um, but sometimes it can be a difficult choice, can it? You know, it can be scary sometimes. Confessing, you know, when you've done something or screwed up to say the truth, up, oh, it was me. In verse 26, I love this. Be angry, because there's nothing wrong with anger. It's how it's directed, how it's used. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And again, what is that? There's godly, righteous anger. Jesus got anger, angry. God got angry at things. There's good anger. But it's staying in anger that, guess what, is hurting you. That's why it says, don't let the sun. If you're sitting there feasting on anger, it's toxic. It's going to hurt you. God still loves you, will still answer your prayers. It says, be angry and sin not, okay? In verse 27, nor give place to the devil. It means don't make room for him to work in your life. The Bible says that we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Satan knows. You know what Satan's top goal is? Keep you away from God. Where are the places that Satan tries to talk you away out of being close to God? What are the, is it doubts? Is it people? Is it circumstances? Is it things that you put ahead of God? What are the things that, how Satan talks you out of that? Don't give room. You know, that's, again, walking in the spirit and according to the new man. Notice it. Don't, don't be ignorant. that Satan will try and pull you away from God. If something's pulling you away from God, guess who it is? Satan. Isn't it? Could it be Satan for those old folks, people my age? You guys don't. The young ones have no idea what I'm talking about, right? Um, it was funny, though. Church chat lady was funny. Um, Saturday Night Live. Old Saturday Night Live. Uh, Dana Carvey. Anyway. In a, dressed up like a church lady. It was funny. Um, okay, so don't give room. Uh, in verse 28, it says, Let him that stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, 
that which is good that he might have to give to him that needs. There's tons of these, but it's kind of cool in this section that it lays out two opposites. Stealing could be cheating on your taxes. Do you know what I mean? It could be, you know, stealing like, oh, I got a deal on a, on a dress and decide not to tell anybody, you know? It's just sort of like having a mentality, and again, it comes from faith. There's not freedom in stealing. It's a way of relating that thinks like, oh, nobody's going to do it for me. God's not going to do it for me. I can't get mine. I got to, you know. But God says the opposite of that, that there's blessing in working and even relating to work as a blessing. Work is good. It's, it's an honorable, godly, I don't care what your job is. It says that whatever we do as work, to do it heartily is unto the Lord, that there's freedom in that. I remember it was a big turnaround for me when I just got, because I used to suck at working. I would be one of those people come in late all the time, get fired all the time, you know, one of those things. And I was just like, you know, I just had this wake-up call where I was just like, I'm going to work hard. And so the next job I got was in a factory, one of the worst jobs ever. But I was so blessed because I knew that I could work unto God, and I worked my butt off. And I just wanted to be honorable. There's honor in that, you know. God can work in that. But look at how cool it is. And it's work. It doesn't say work to provide for you. Guess what it says? It says work to give. That we have a heart that when we work, our heart is, I want to be able to give and bless people. You know, it's not me, me, me. It's just like, you know, that's just, that's bondage, guys. It really is. Um, there's not freedom in it. And then, it, so it's just like you see the contract. Trust. God loves you. Whether you steal or not, you can steal. God's going to love you and answer your prayers. How cool is that, you know? But the reason we choose it, do you see that there's freedom on the other side? Does that make sense? There's healing uh, in doing things God's way. Um, anyway, it says in verse 29, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what's use, good for necessary edification, building people up, that it imparts grace to the hearers. And don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. That's why we're doing a Holy Spirit baptism today. By whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. And then look at this. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And instead, because those are all things that don't work, bring us bondage. Instead, be kind to one another. See, that's walking in the Spirit. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Why? Just as God and Christ forgave you. When you forgive others, guess what? Also, it helps you connect with how God forgave you. It softens your heart. It's a blessing. Having resentments and bitterness is a bondage. Forgiving because God forgave you? Sweet. It's freedom, man. It's freedom. Cool. Okay, I just want to read a couple more before we close. It says in Colossians 3.9, Don't lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man. A lot of cool verses like this, right? Old man, new man. It's good to think about this. New man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Galatians 5.16. So it's the same idea. I say walk in the spirit, the new man, the gift of Holy Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Flesh is old man. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. So it's interesting. There's a whole other really hilarious part in the Bible where Paul's saying, the thing I want to do, I don't do. And the thing I don't want to do, I do do. And it's because of the old man and the little battle that's going on inside of there. we got to decide which one we're going to feed. 
it quiets the battle down. Because um, one gets stronger. Your new man, as you feed it, gets stronger. And it doesn't get to be a constant, constant battle in case you're wondering, gosh, this is a rough battle. It, it doesn't stay like that all the time. It really doesn't. It's, it has to do with which wolf you feed. So it says um, in Colossians 3, in verse 1, it says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Thinking about that, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things in the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So what I want to do is I want to do a little prayer and meditation. If you close your eyes, I'll close out right now. Because I just want you to think about how God's speaking to you in this. Close your eyes and just sort of imagine. You know, imagine the how God has loves you unconditionally. God, you have his grace. This isn't about being good or bad or being a good boy or gr good girl. God loves you right now just the way you are. He gave you if his Holy Spirit within, if, which is a new man, a new creation in you. And you can walk in the Spirit. God wants us to walk in the Spirit and in knowing him. But it's how we feed this. So think about this. The Bible speaks about ways of feeding this new man to walk in the spirit, to be mindful. Think about putting on the mind of Christ, the new man, the mind of this, you know, that, that is according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. What are the areas you could feed this more? Could it be in fellowship? Is that an area? Are you fellowshipping enough? You know, is that something that you need more? The Bible talks about that. That helps us to keep our mind focused on him as we need other believers. Being here, though, is a part of that. Absolutely. Sunday service is a place to be to help feed that new man. Is part of it is in spending time in God's word and feeding it that way. Or in prayer. That's another thing. Spending time connecting with God in prayer. Or sharing your faith. The Bible speaks of five things that help us to build faith and to walk in that new man as far as building it goes is sharing our faith with other people and another way that we can grow in faith and in stepping out is in giving so just think about that and think for this new year where are the areas that you want to step it up as far as walking according to that new nature Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for the gift that you gave us of Holy Spirit. It's amazing that we can walk in your power, that we do have your nature inside of us, that you have called us your children, that we can be your children. God, what an amazing thing. I'm excited today as we celebrate the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we can say it loud and say it proud that we are born again of your spirit, that we're children of yours, and we are going to be bold. We aren't going to be apologetic, but we, that it's exciting that we can. This is a beginning for many people to say, yes, Jesus, you are my Lord, that we can say that, that we can profess that, that Jesus, we belong to you. For some people today that are doing this, that maybe it's a recommitment to you, Lord, but that this is going to be an amazing time and an amazing event. Help us this year to be more of, about you and the things of you, Lord, that we can have a new life that you've given us. It's by grace. We don't got to live in the old. The past is old. It's done. You paid for it, Jesus, that we can live for tomorrow and today and, and just what's ahead, that we can look to you, Jesus, who are the author and finisher of our faith. 
Amen.